3: Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with... Katie Dirks. Katie Dirks, I love you. I miss you. How are you?
4: I'm good. How are you? You, Ben Kissel.
3: Well, pretty good, because Katie Dirks gave me quite a hot compliment before the show started. 40 and holding, she said, look at those yeah. guns, because I'm really showing off the cans today, and I don't mean my breasts. Wow, thank you so much for the hardcore compliment, Katie Dirks.
4: The gun show. We've got Ben the gun show over here.
3: I know. I don't get complimented from women very often, so that's very nice. And while you say- I,
4: I support gun regulations in this country, go ahead and you show those off.
3: Mm-hmm. Watch out. Arma arms Armalite. light Alright so we're <laughs> going to talk to you guys today It'll be a fun episode um, We missed you all very much So it's nice to be back in your brain Wiggling around having a nice time I'm currently going through three divorces via friends So I can't, can't I can't have, have any can't. more stress I can't No, I don't know how no. anyone ever goes through divorces
4: Although sometimes I feel like While divorces are hard It's good for both parties to just yep. Walk away It's a good thing on the other side. You just have to get through it.
3: Sometimes the party's got to end.
4: Maybe sometimes you just went to the wrong party.
3: Yeah, sometimes. Or maybe sometimes you went to the right party, but then all of a sudden no one changed at that party. And then you're like, I didn't know we were still at a costume party. And next thing you know, you got to slowly back out.
4: And then you just have to, yeah, you just have to walk, just have to slowly cut your losses Mm -hmm. and walk away
3: spend a little time in the bathroom masturbating and then get out of there. Absolutely. All right. Well, speaking of masturbation, I feel like that's what WWE is doing right now. They are so up their own freaking ass and jerking themselves off so hard. Wow. I Coming seriously for WWE I am because I can't wow. it's hard because AEW <laughs> is what wrestling was in the WWE in the 90s and what it always should be in the now times.
4: Wow, how the tides have turned with some time.
3: I know. Well, I I adapt and I change. Not just my waistline, my brain as well. Mm-hmm. It's impressive because AEW has done nothing but excel and hit it out of the frickin' ballpark, even with some goofy explosions. Rampage has been incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. The pay-per-view was it? F- what was the one all out? It was one of the greatest three hours of mm-hmm. wrestling in wrestling history. When CM Punk came out, when Adam Cole came out, I was like, whoa, like my jaw mm-hmm. dropped. I felt like I was a child again, insecure and all, eating way too much cereal.
4: That pay-per-view was one of the, I would say arguably one of the best finishes in, in wrestling history.
3: Ever, ever. It, was, it so was so good.
4: You got like, as a viewer, you got, You got the respect of paying for a show. You paid for a show and you got in return a great experience. And if you were there in person, an even better memory.
3: I would have cried. I would have become a meme where they're like, look at this giant, giant, weak man. be like, call me soy boy all you want. I just can't believe what I'm seeing. Every match from top to bottom, Miro, everyone was just absolutely Darby. Everyone was so incredible. Anyway, that being said, what AEW is doing is not just giving the fans what they want, but they're also projecting what the fans may want in the future. And they're doing such a great job of understanding fans can hold on to storylines. We do have some mental retention, not the most, but some. And we do respect when a story has an A, B, and C see of course for conclusion something the WWE hasn't done in 20 years however the WWE is now putting Roman Reigns in my personal opinion in a bit of a pickle because he's got to defend the network and they have to know that they are wrong but Roman Reigns recently they, just had some a, of
4: them don't some, some of, of them, them drink the Kool-Aid not. you're like in you're in the gang you're in the Kool-Aid and all yeah. you see is like the other like people that are trying to rip off from the big company. Like you're you're Nike and all you're seeing is like Puma. I don't know if that was a good example.
3: It, it's just a fine example. And that's all we can do here on this show. And of course, I'm sure I will be remiss if I don't mention some people will say it was flavorade in Jonestown, which it was flavorade, But also uh, Marcus Parks alerted me to, of course, Marcus from last podcast and left alerted me that there was smatterings of Kool-Aid. So okay. don't drink the Kool-Aid or the flavor aid. Or the Gatorade, a lot of sugar and all of those things. Yeah. So this is what Roman Reigns was talking about, or this is what he had to say when it comes to AEW fans. I don't know why they're going against the AEW fan base, because obviously that's a fan base that is amorphous. And at some point you would think the WWE would like to cater to because they love freaking wrestling more than their own families. But this is what Roman had to say about the AEW fan base being, quote, babied, which I don't fully even understand what that means, babyed. But anyway, he says, we're trying to engage the new viewer while servicing our hardcore fan base and mm-hmm. give them compelling stories to fulfill them as well. I don't know if I've said it before, but I've said it before. When the audience is probably the biggest character in your show, that's strange to me. You'll hear it all the time. The reviews and the comparisons, I think because they're the new kids on the block, they're the cool kids in town. I guess because of how premature and how novel it all kind of is. I think they are still being babied by these hardcore wrestling fans. Oh, so he thinks the wrestling fans are babying okay. the wrestlers and the wrestlers are giving the fans too much fan service. Here go. Everyone's be babied in AEW. But let's just start. That's only half the quote, but let's just start there.
4: This is just this is a classic case of like of projection. Like that's literally everything that he's saying is exactly what the WWE is guilty of doing. So like easy does it, Roman. Also dial it back, top guy.
3: And again, I feel bad for him because he has to defend a company that is not doing as good of a job as their competition. This is one of those areas where WWE has become so difficult to digest and watch because they don't know who they're catering to. And I think this exact quote where Roman thinks he's really like nailing it and hitting out of the park. And again, this is nothing personal against Roman. We love Roman as a human being. I think he's a great man. Um, This is just him doing his job. But the problem is you try to please everyone. It's a cliche for a reason. You're going to please no one. The hardcore wrestling fan base. There is a natural ceiling to a wrestling fan base. It's still pro wrestling. It's never going to be hyper mainstream. It just can't be by nature because it's a bunch of people in scantily clad clothes, fake fighting each other. They're still doing fighting. wonderful gymnastics and theatrics. And it's just great storytelling. And it's like, whoa, I'm going to cry. But it's still just wrestling. And it's a perfect yeah. sport. But it, it, there's a natural ceiling. So for him to pretend as if the WWE isn't catering to the hardcore wrestling fan base and trying to make it universal is exactly why their product is so watered out and so horrible. No one can sink their teeth into a bunch of jello, which is exactly what WWE is compared to the hard T-bone steak of AEW.
4: It just feels like I mean the dynamic like I was we were talking about this my husband and I were talking about this the other night is like you watch Raw and like Raw right now to me is like we'll put it on but we're not watching it. It's just like noise in the background. Like I'm yes. not I'm not enthralled. There's a couple, there's a couple players that I'll be like, oh, okay, cool. Let's watch this match. Mm. And then you just kind of move on. Mm. But like when Dynamite is on, when AEW is on, the tone of the show is so different. It's like even when Raw is on, they don't even care. Like they're just going they through the motions. Care. At least when we're watching AEW, it feels like there's investment from the producer standpoint, from the storytelling standpoint, mm-hmm. from the athlete standpoint. Whereas
5: mm-hmm.
4: Raw and SmackDown feel like People are just going out and going to do what they're told to do because no one really has a say in anything else.
3: And sadly, now we have to add NXT to that list because of what they've done with NXT. NXT, The the thing that was working and they're like, you know what? Pump the brakes. Yeah. Those fans seem to be smiling a little bit too much behind those masks. Let's make Dexter Loomis get married.
4: What is happening? NXT 2.0. Like, what is this? Also the The hilarious part to all of this is like we're gonna do something different, and they like Mm-mm. essentially ripped off the visual package that AEW started with, mm-hmm. like the vision, like the graphics from NXT 2.0 is like one step, uh, one step beyond, like one one notes pass beyond what AEW started with.
3: Yes, dude, it is unbelievable how Tony or how that again con between Tony Khan and Nick Con, Tony Con is crushing it. Tony Khan, of course, now with AEW, the son of uh, the Khan that owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, they have their own little scandal going on with Urban Meyer, which is pretty hilarious. There's been some scandals in the NFL coaching scenarios um, these past past couple of weeks here. But anyway, I think it's safe to say that Tony Khan has a right to be extremely confident, and he is getting a little bit cocky, but in the world of professional wrestling, Good. Let's, yeah, exactly.
4: Let's like, I want to see, I want to see him like he's been popping off on Twitter every now and Good. then being like, oh yeah, let's go head to head. Like, Come on, bring it on. Good. They need that. It Like WWE needs mm-hmm. it because there was a brief point in time right after CM Punk debuted and like mm-hmm. the ceiling, the spotlight was back on wrestling for one weekend. It was awesome because then you really started to see like, okay, let's see the big guns that WWE has access to use this. We are only benefiting, like, we are only benefiting as viewers.
3: Right. But then, of course, what WWE did after CM Punk, after Adam Cole, what they did with the squash match that ruined the Becky storyline that was at SummerSlam, it was just like, what the heck is going on? Ugh. So it's strange to see the side-by-side comparison with the flip of a channel between what quality wrestling content looks like and then wrestling content that has been created in the boardroom, to please a bunch of people who are invested on Wall Street, which is fine if you're invested on Wall Street, but I promise you they also want a good product. Otherwise, innately, they will get less money in the long run.
4: Like, WWE is just kind of a front. It's just a front for Wall Street.
3: It's become a money laundering scheme. It really has. I mean, I think that's a great point. It really has just become a money laundering. Yeah. Anyway, let's go on. We're
4: the fools. We're the fools that are too invested Uh, That actually care about the product.
3: I just want if these people are going to go risk their lives in the squared circle for our entertainment, they are also deserve. They deserve good storylines. They does the audience. I like what you said earlier, Katie, like when we have our live shows, the tickets are not like the cheapest thing on the face of the planet. I think our VIP tickets are like 150 bucks. Yeah. You better put on a fucking show. That's if expensive. someone is paying, it's expensive. Like that's a parking ticket. <laughs> you know, like that's, a that's like a ticket. lot. That is a lot of freaking money. So show some respect to the people who are struggling to make ends meet. And whether it be twenty bucks or one hundred and fifty bucks, or in the case of WWE, he can reach into the thousands to get on the floor seats. Just
4: $3, treat them dollars for some seats.
3: It's re- treat them with some dignity and some respect, and give them a quality show. Because otherwise, yeah, what are we doing here other than being complicit in a money laundering scheme? So Roman goes on to say, I'll take it back just a little bit. Again, he says, you'll hear it from time to time, the reviews and the comparisons. I think because they're the new kids on the block, which is also just such an old reference. I know he's not referencing the band, but just the term. He says, they're the cool kids in town, I guess because of how premature and how novel it is. I think there is still being babied by these hardcore wrestling fans, which is fine. That's great. I don't think anybody's going to ever, especially from a performance standpoint, say, oh, no, there's more opportunities out there. That sucks. So it's not a bad thing. It's a great thing for professional wrestling. It's just a weird argument because there's so much bias and there's so much, I'm on this side and I'm not going to open my mind to the other side. And it goes both ways. I don't necessarily know. If that's true, I think that WWE fans look at AEW and I don't think they're like, I'll never support AEW. I'm so loyal to WWE. I think they're more than happy to go watch AEW. And then when they need their fix, they'll go and still watch WWE, but they know yeah. they're not getting the quality product.
4: The thing that I like about WWE is that it's always on. So, like,
3: it's always on. I, it's great.
4: I work in television. I don't always like to sit down and watch television but i like to have it on and i like to have something that's not going to make me think about work on and typically it's wrestling like sure i'll put absolutely. wrestling on and i'll just be like ah, i'll check to check in check out check it like most i feel like most wrestling fans do that i don't think a lot of us are dave meltering and sitting down and brian alvarez and like taking no. notes scene by scene uh you have yeah. it on because you enjoy it and yes. that's the way it should be uh and but if escapism. i really want to like it's ex- it's escapism is it frustrating to see bad storylines Absolutely. Is it embarrassing to explain to your friends that you watch wrestling when the storylines are shit? Absolutely. But at the same time, we still watch it. We still have it on.
3: Yeah, and then you can show them AEW. You can show them some of the recent fantastic matches. You can show them anything Kenny Omega has done. Can't wait for the Kenny Omega Hangman Page match. You can show them good wrestling, and then you can show them WWE, and they'll be like, "Mm, all right, I I get it, it. But again, it is the difference between Natty Light and just a fantastic... Nice, finely aged whiskey. Ooh.
4: Okay. Or a Bud Light. Where you were gonna, I was wondering where you were gonna go. With well I was gonna say that. Bud Light, but then I
3: realized it. no one respects Bud Light the way that I respect Bud Light, so people probably see it in the same you vein do. as natural light. So you know. Sure. But I, it I would like have my been... Bud light. it's rice-based.
4: Bud Light's rice based?
3: It's rice-based, yeah. That's one of the qualities <laughs> of it, yeah.
4: I had no idea. I'm learning so much about Bud Light. I didn't know that's how they made their beer. Yeah, if you want to get me Who going knows? on
3: Rockstar Energy drinks, I'm drinking one right now as well. So no. I can tell you all of the ingredients. Stop. It's half piss.
4: <laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> Although I I don't have much leg to stand on because I'm, ju- I'm like, I am I'm two feet away from grabbing a, a sugar-free Red Bull. So
0: You have to. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line.
1: Every time.
2: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
3: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But with Roman, you know, the WWE idea of, like, engaging a new fan base is by nature, speaking of Natty Light, flawed. Because their idea to do it is to bring back old talent. I love The Rock. He's going to come back. Lesnar, what a beast, bro. No problems there. But is that engaging anybody new? And do those people that loved the rock era, they might tune in to watch the rock or Lesnar, but they don't give a crap about the rest of the card. They don't care anymore. I mean, the rock era was much more like AEW is now. So that's why they're tuning into that. And the idea that somehow... AEW is being criticized by the powers that be in WWE for being too good to their fans is like so laughable because, again, that's the entire point of sports entertainment, a.k.a. wrestling.
4: And that's where I think WWE is old school, if you will, of like WWE kind of for, like prides themselves on being smarter than the fans, and in order in order to be smarter than the fan, in order to put on a good show, you have to be smarter than the fans. But the times have changed. And wrestling isn't what it was, you know, 20 years ago. We have the internet. We understand what dirt sheets are. We understand what kayfabe is. Like we just want a good show. That's all we want. And AEW is doing this insane thing where they're like yeah okay so some of the fans might see this coming but like let's fucking do it anyway and do it and then right you get, yes and you get like i'm oh you know what i kind of thought that hangman was going to come out but then they did it and oh my god it was as awesome as i hoped it would be like right. that's why is that such a bad thing why is giving fans what they want such a difficult hurdle for wwe to get over
3: ego i believe it might be their ego Well, speaking of ego, obviously CM Punk, he's back in AEW. Roman had something to say about that as well. Uh, Regarding a match with CM Punk, he says, quote, that's not going to elevate me at all. He's older now. I haven't really seen a full match. I've seen a clip or two. And to me, a step or two. Motherfucker,
4: you watched it. He was jealous. He didn't get that pop.
3: (laughs) Exactly. And to me, a step or two has been lost. Then he also got his ass whooped in the UFC. I don't (laughs) think anyone really believes when 200 pounds soaking wet with no explosive bone in their body could ever really do anything to me. But Roman, again, you've, you've, he's you've jumped working. the shark. This is
4: like, this is a, this is a typical work answer to me. Like he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's playing the heel role. He's going to put down the guy. That's the most over guy in the business right now. Like
3: I totally I get, get it. it. I see but what you're the,
4: doing. We see it.
3: But the seed of truth is if you do watch, if you do watch CM Punk in UFC, he fought like I would fight in the fetal position immediately like the, the match story is like whoa whoa buddy i thought Aww. we scripted this before the fight like it was pathetic but that is why it is pro wrestling and not ufc and that is also He's a better
4: storyteller than ex- he is a fighter
3: exactly i don't give a shit that he got his ass kicked in ufc it was Fair. kind of funny he didn't i mean cm punk Probably would get his ass kicked by Jake and Logan Paul. I don't care. It doesn't matter because wrestling is wrestling and it's scripted for a reason. So CM Punk can win matches. And also, this is kind of my first time in the Punk era. Perhaps he has lost a step or two, but I get it. I understand the compelling storytelling nature. Like he's very dramatic. He's got a vibe. You know me. I'm more of a Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't like the fact the guy is totally sober. That's just me, probably because it makes me feel... Like, I don't like I don't think I'd have fun at a party with him. But who cares? Because what he does in the ring is magic.
4: Do you want to unpack some of that? We can. Do you want to unpack it? We can unpack it.
3: (laughs) What do you want to unpack?
4: (laughs) I'm just kidding.
3: (laughs) What am I unpacking? Am I getting kicked out?
4: No, with CM Punk.
3: He's too sober for me.
4: That's I mean, you know, you do you, boo.
3: I mean, Hangman Page. I like him because I feel like I can go and hang out at the Burt and Hangman Page will be sitting there and be like, Yeah, you guys
4: can talk shit.
3: We can talk Kenny Omega. Tell- I think I could talk with Kenny. Je- Chris Kenny's Jericho. sober too. I don't care that they're sober. I don't like that it's the identity.
4: That that it's the, okay, got it. That it's like that's part all. of the gimmick. Yeah, yeah it, don't
3: it, God drink, God. don't do drugs. I don't give a crap. There's sure. nothing cool about doing drugs or drinking.
4: You don't like that it's part of the gimmick.
3: I, that's a pet peeve of mine. If I ever hang out with someone who who doesn't drink, my pet peeve is like when someone goes up and is like, why aren't you drinking? And it's like, just leave them alone. Who cares?
4: Just doesn't leave them alone. I like that.
3: More for me. Um, this is what Roman Reigns says. He's Roman says, I'm 6'3", 265 pounds, a legitimate athlete who can throw some weight around and has been on the gridiron at the highest level. I mean, he, was, he played football um, in D1, and then uh, he probably would have maintained. He says, I would have maintained in the NFL if my health issues didn't happen when I was 22, and that is true. He had cancer, and that's very sad. Um, so, I mean, when it comes down to it, I'll throw him and pretty much the rest of that roster out of the club, no problem. They're just little brothers.
4: I love that he's I kind of like I okay, now I've turned I've turned the corner on this interview and on this soundbite. Classic. I like that he's just talking shit.
3: I like that he's talking shit, but isn't the goal of talking shit to have a kernel of truth
4: to in like, you your WWE no, because WWE lives in the world that they're the best and no one can touch them because they're a multi-billion-dollar company. When the reality is, they're about is to get the their asses line, kicked head to head by
3: AEW.
4: Yeah, ratings-wise, they've lost. They've already lost multiple times in uh, in the ratings war. So, like, yeah, you know what this this feels like. This feels like someone like I I like I can't, I'm coming around. I like that he's working now. Now we're working because obviously nothing he's saying is true.
3: Does he know that?
4: Yeah, sure he's got to know it. They've got, I mean, but I don't know. I said earlier, maybe they don't. He's hes deep in the company. He's a company guy. I mean, yeah, man. I, I mean, mean, I guess when you're in the company, when somebody's coming for your team, you're going to automatically hate them. Everyone, everyone knows it. But, I mean. Yeah. I don't know. This well,
3: is I don't know. All I know wow. is that Vince McMahon, he is dropping on the, did you know there was a beloved billionaire list?
4: I didn't.
3: Yeah, there is one. And um, uh, Vince, he was pretty high up there. And um, apparently he has dropped. Vince is now, I believe it is, the eighth most loved billionaire. Isn't that sad?
4: Okay. A, shouldn't have billionaires. Stand by it. We'll argue (laughs) it. Uh, B, uh, it's really funny that they're both on this list. Yeah,
3: of course. (laughs) Khan actually ranked number one in positive sentiment. Wrestling
4: is such a dumb... Money laundering scheme.
3: <laughs> Have you been around the world in the past 40 years? In the thousands of years? Millions before that? So, yeah, Vince is probably pretty sad that his that he is not as loved as the other billionaires. Because, you know, that's what these people really care about. They want to be loved at the Tony end of the day.
4: Tony Khan is number six on the list.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. This is a, uh, this is a very important list. It's from money.co.uk they released a list of beloved billionaires, which um, is kind of a a funny idea. And uh, the list points out how billionaires are more in the public eye than ever before. And it's estimated by Forbes that there are 2,500 billionaires. Whoa, 2,500 billionaires. That's
4: too many billionaires.
3: Um, Or is it too little? I have no idea because it's It's too many billionaires. It just seems like there is so many people in the world and to have that much wealth in the hands of 2,500 is quite interesting. Uh, the beloved billionaires list, a, uh, the study analyzed annual search volume data and social media sentiment, analyzing data for more than 2 billion searches and more than 50,000 social media posts. Uh, the list topped by Elon Musk, who has a popularity score of 100 and a net worth of $202 billion. By that measure, the con has an overall rank of 6 and a net worth of $8 billion and then seriously, Vince, man, in this case, he's number eight. He's only got two billion. He's almost poor, isn't he?
4: Oh, yeah. That's not for poor Vince. Watch out. They're only two billion dollars. Well, I wonder how much of that is like actually his money versus like assets and all that other stuff. I don't know how you calculate yes. a billionaire's wealth.
3: That is for a whole nother show. But I
4: do know that if this were to ever get back to him, it'd be a little annoying. It'd be a little annoying that this little brat with his brand new company is higher on the list than he is. Well,
3: it is interesting. Yeah, because, again, Roman Reigns being the mouthpiece for this billionaire that is Vince McMahon, he is getting a lot of heat, a lot of social media buzz, was talking about what he had to say about CM Punk. So I guess to your point, Katie, I guess he did a good job because he did get a lot of buzz.
4: Keeping people talking.
3: Brian Alvarez noted of the Wrestling Observer. Um, that Reigns says during the interview he the, how he actually feels and that Reigns is a lifer. So he says that this was not like a bit, but he does think that Roman was talking from his heart. So I don't know. We'll have to see what happens there. Alvarez said the following about Seth Rollins before mentioning Reigns. He says, I know for a fact that there was at least a few things that Seth Rollins publicly defended that privately he thought were really stupid, but it was his job to stand up for WWE. I'm not saying everything that he said, but there were absolutely positively things that I heard that he privately said were really dumb. And then he does an interview, but you know, he's Seth Rollins, WWE superstar. So he's got to do whatever. I don't think that AEW has the same restrictions on their wrestlers, which is why you can have Eddie Kingston cut sick freaking promos and mocks be mocks. And just everyone, the commentators themselves are just more free flowing. They don't have, I don't think they have a. 10 pages of banned words they can't say. Yeah. To me, it reads like a hostage situation as opposed to a kayfabe situation. Yeah. You're Seth Rollins, one of the greatest in the world, one of the best to ever do it, and you're just getting blown out. And maybe the talent in AEW isn't as good. Maybe they do make a valid point, but it doesn't really matter if you don't utilize it.
4: And look, they're nowhere near as camera ready or polished in AEW. They're, they don't have they don't have that, that extra TV shine, if you will, that that this polish that, uh, that WWE has because that's not them. And it's that's not, not supposed the to be. The product is uh, wrestling. And the product is essentially a bunch of indie guys that went to a bunch of different companies to cut their teeth, learned how to wrestle, learned how to tell stories, took some bumps along the way, and started their own company because they didn't like the TV shine. So, mm-hmm. like... That and that is what we're seeing. Like we're just seeing what what has like, okay, WWE isn't for everybody. Despite their best attempts, it's not for everybody. And it It happens to be be. not for the hardcore wrestling fans. Hardcore wrestling fans want wrestling. And that's what they're getting. Yeah.
3: And that's a sticky fan base, literally. And figuratively. It's sticky because the soda and cum. Okay. It's like that's what you want because that's called putting butts in seats. That's called merch sales. It's called everything.
5: Yeah. Good Lord.
3: Well, one of the tag teams that I wish would make a comeback or maybe not because now they're a little bit too old, but did you hear this story about Devon Dudley? Apparently it was his Bubba Ray that said no more wrestling in 2016. So Devon, I I guess there might be some hard feelings because Devon says he no longer wants to do business with Bubba Ray.
4: It's, I mean, it's hard.
3: It right? is it's hard. hard to
4: walk away when you're at the top.
3: It is hard. And I love the Dudley boys. And I could see them having. I mean, obviously, I think Devon is really retired now, judging by his Instagram. He's living his best life. And I love that. But like a dream match, like Dudley boys, Sting and Darby or like whatever it is. Like I could just watch the Darby boys. I could watch the Dudley boys do anything. Yeah. Or they call them? the Darby boys with. Oh, my God. With a little watch out. with a little Darby Allen, kind of like a Spike Dudley type. It'd be fun. But this is what Devon said. Uh, This was a wrestling interview he did with the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast. He says, just for the record, I never wanted to stop wrestling. I never wanted to be a producer backstage for WWE. I enjoy it now, but it took me years to embrace it. Bubba decided that in 2016, the Dudley boys would be done because he did not believe they were being treated fair in terms of the position that they were in. And uh, he goes on to say, and I get it to a certain degree, but you have to understand the attitude era was gone. And I even said that to him. It's gone. It's not coming back. <laughs> they treat it like a death, which I think um, in in many ways is true. And I think Bubba makes a great point as well, where it's like, this sucks, dude. What are we doing? Why are we away from our families? Why am I killing right. myself physically for this company that I don't like anymore? And I don't like the matches. And we're just being kind of stooged around. Mm-hmm. So I get it. But that's hard. That's a hard position for Devon to be in. And also, Katie, I have a question for you. Do you think now we have Biggie as champion? Why wasn't Devon ever? Did do you think that he could have had any potential run as a singles wrestler?
4: Yeah, I mean i I think I think there's they were so good as a tag team and as they ident- you identified them together, right? Yeah. Uh, that I think I mean, of course.
3: <clears throat> but Devon did have his his pastor character, uh yeah. Father Father Devon, I think something like that. And I actually kind of liked it because it's pretty true to him. And I thought he did a good. He's a good speaker. He's a good order. Those are the best
4: characters. Yeah. I mean,
3: I don't know. I feel like they didn't have to uh, end it for both of them. But that must be really hard in a tag team if one wants to be done. And the other's like,
4: come on, man. You get into wrestling because you love to wrestle, right? And then if wrestling isn't for you, you find a spot elsewhere in the company, in the business, right? Booking, uh, producing, whatever. When you are a wrestler to downshift to something other than wrestling is difficult, especially when you've been at the top and you've been so over and you've been a top guy and they were top guys. So to downshift from that and to with beyond their control and to realize like, okay, we're not getting booked as we used to be. We're not getting used. We're not moving as well as we used to like hitting you from all different angles at the same time is a lot to process. So like I get it and I get the frustration, but there also has to be the unfortunate side of wrestling is there is an element of like self-realization like you do have or at least acknowledgement like you have to be self-aware enough to know okay this is these are the things that are happening how do we want to like figure it out do we leave do we go to the indies do we just stay backstage and produce like where else do you fit and that i think is i mean we've seen it there's been there's a dark side of the ring is basically Mm -hmm built on this realization of downshifting from being a top guy to figuring out what else you're going to do with your life.
5: Mm-hmm. So
3: I and think
4: that, that in and of itself.
3: And that seems to be where the long-term injuries are too, because I just watched or, or just uh, read an interview with Goldberg. He still hasn't recovered from crown jewel because they botched that freaking match. So goddamn bad. You can die. Mm-hmm. And people have to remember that. And I know that they yeah. remember that, but that's why thank God, Mark Calloway, the undertaker, I think he, I think he understands it's all the body is given up as most of his body is now bionic. Yeah. So apparently with the Dudley boys, what happened was there was a contract uh, that was going to be given to them from 2015 to 2016. This was going to be a a second run as the Dudley boys. But I guess Bubba wanted to do the bully Ray character. And Vince was like, no, 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 no. Uh, He didn't want that. He wanted the Dudleys. He didn't want us to break up regardless of what we did again in 2002, So I guess Vince was just not sold on the idea of them breaking up, despite the fact that Vince had no tag team division in 2006. Like what was the, what's the tag team division in the WWE in 2016? Uh, So I understand where they're coming from. It's gotta be tough, but anyway, tag
4: teams in WWE have never, I mean, very rarely have they been as organized as the, the Dudley boys, right? They were
3: so good. And I really, according to, uh, According to Devon, he says, I wish nothing but the best for him. We do not do business anymore. There's no hard feelings. And I don't have any animosity. It's just he's doing his thing and I'm doing my thing. Bubba and I are not at odds. We don't hate one another. We just went different ways like most tag teams do. This is not Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels.
4: That's good. That's <laughs> Thank funny. God. That's good. Okay. All right. Uh,
3: I, yeah. It is sad, though. It kind of it makes you sad thinking about the Dudley boys. Not uh, traveling together, being on the road together, and everything, but uh, Shawn Michaels, I'm officially on Team Rob Van Dam when it comes to the Shawn Michaels yeah. Rob Van Dam feud. No. no, because Rob Van Dam, he all he does is hang out with his with his
4: with his what very interesting wife with his what, with his, what? <laughs> his
3: beautiful wife. Yeah, fascinating. But they do their they 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 kink around a little bit. I've seen the pictures. I've seen yeah. the documents on Instagram. They They're, have fun. He's he's allowed. Yeah. She loves that butt. She loves her butt. She's always moving it and stuff like that. She's like a Cadillac. She's like a
4: Cadillac. But I do
3: think that Shawn Michaels was too jealous of Rob Van Dam. And Shawn Michaels, my understanding is he kneecapped Rob Van Dam's many runs in the WWE because he thought he was too much like him. And dare I say, Rob Van Dam, solely in the ring. I know Shawn Michaels is one of the greatest of all time in the ring. But Rob Van Dam is amazing. But Shawn Michaels apparently was pretty mean to him, which I don't like. I don't like.
4: I don't know. Did you watch the Dark Side of the Ring with the Ric Flair? Mm-hmm. With, with the, the with plane the,
3: from hell. With, yeah, I've heard the story a thousand times, and literally, I felt JR in that. Because the whole thing, I obviously, mean, the, 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 you the more... You talk about
4: someone that was just trying to keep the plane in the air. I feel like JR was just one seat away from trying to fly it.
3: He's still stressed.
5: It still
3: <laughs> it's stresses him out.
4: Stressful. That the, whole like That whole episode... There were so oh my many God. things that were problematic, not just by today's standards, right? No, by any that's argument, why it was the plane. It, it was immediately it
3: was immediately named the plane ride from hell. As soon as that plane landed, everyone's like, what the hell? That, did, what also, happened? They like, just of kind course. of like
4: gloss over. They just gloss over the fact that like they're drugging each other and like, it's been done at parties. Like they've been doing it forever. I was like, that's called rape. And like, these are problems just because it's a dude doesn't mean like I had, there were so many, I can't, we can't unpack this. There was so much that happened in that episode. (laughs) And like Tommy dreamer took a hit for it. Cause also Tommy dreamer, terrible opinion. Not you look, you're entitled to your opinion, but like maybe just educate yourself before you, you decide this is the hill you're going to die on
3: it's he's he's just tommy dreamer though
4: i know and he and i love him and he's he's on the right side of most things i don't
3: that's the one thing we talked about this with uh with undertaker too it's like yeah of course he doesn't like like video games in locker rooms i don't know that's just so i always kind of i'm like that's their era that was their that's their i I guess that's what tommy dreamer is gonna say i don't yes i I, feel like but of course yes
4: with Tommy Dreamer the, his his like generic opinion like was so like that's like the, of course that's what you'd say if you were just asked this question and you didn't necessarily have a lot you didn't have a lot of conversation about it right, it, that's right. What, that's, yeah. it's like that's kind of what it felt like it felt like oh this is your first thought but I feel like if you were to talk <laughs> through it I don't want to give you I don't want to like I don't want to can't I don't want you to get canceled but you do hear yourself right like let's just let's go a little bit further is this really what you mean to say because it kind of sounds like You're coming off like a real dick right now.
3: I'm not exactly sure what the what the quote is that you're referencing other than uh, every single thing uh, from that from that little documentary. It was um, it was interesting.
4: Uh, Without addressing Doyle directly, Dreamer went on to say, I feel this is trying to portray someone as a sexual predator. And it's not. It's a joke. It's a gag. And today, one thousand percent inappropriate. I've hung out with Ric Flair. I've never seen him to try to force uh, his will on anybody. And then he goes on to say, he goes on to and talk about intent uh, behind the charge and yeah. all of these things. And it's just like, don't, don't, just stop. It might be a stop. little
3: bit above his pay grade. It
4: might, might just, be a little bit above maybe, his pay grade. Maybe you're just, just stop talking now.
5: Just
3: yeah.
4: Before you, Tommy, we love you. We support you in most things. I think you have a bad take on this one. And mm-hmm. uh, I feel like maybe if you had a conversation about it with other people. Mm-hmm. Sure. Instead mm-hmm. of you're like, yes, people.
3: And we have to, uh, yeah, absolutely. We have to meet people where they are and then uh, speak from that perspective to speak, uh, understand that perspective and then speak to them uh, at that uh, at that time because I don't think that yes. Tommy Dreamer has a bad heart. And that's also something to remember in this era of um, of um, Schottenfreude, in this era of Schottenfreude oh, in many ways. That whole, but yes, that the whole plane guy. ride from hell can never, it doesn't need to be talked about ever again. I, I agree with Jr. No. Um, and Jr. that entire time comes across as a saint, to be honest, because I think he wasn't even drunk. I think Jr. is that right? Jr. was just there. I think he was literally trying to be like, what is going on?
4: Also, the also the asterisk to all of this is the narrator of this episode and all most of the episodes. I think all yeah. the dark side episodes is Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho was also on that plane, yet absent from said documentary.
3: Well, Chris Jericho is a little bit busy being a rock star. With Sorry, just,
4: I just wanted to. I just want to like point out <laughs> things that I noticed.
3: Which I completely agree. Very
4: disheartening and unfortunate. Uh, I mean, you talk about people really showing their true colors on this episode. Who, boy, not good for the business.
0: At Bet three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McKrispie Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
2: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: All right. Well, speaking of good for business, I think let's do Match from the Past.
4: Let's do it. Oh my God! What, what a moment!
3: It made me cry. It really did.
4: Did it? Did it really?
3: It made me. It not cry. I'm a grown ass man. I'm tough man. I drive a truck.
4: No, I I think grown men that cry are wonderful.
3: It made me like wow. I was just so. If I see other people, I actually don't cry very much. I just I don't know why. But um, if I see people crying, then I'm like, oh, people are crying. And then I cried. It was emotional because people, when people, I love that. I mean, that's what wrestling's so great. That's why it's so great. No, I have nothing wrong with crying. I wish I would cry more.
4: It was emotional on multiple levels because a it's CM Punk who, if you were mm. of the CM Punk era, this moment means a lot in his career, in our careers as fans. In uh,
3: Chicago.
4: In Chicago, and like there's there's that element of it, and then yeah. there's also like one step beyond that. Is this is a moment we're witnessing a moment in wrestling history that yeah we don't that we do we haven't gotten as fans like we haven't seen this in twenty years.
3: I love it. All I've right. never
4: witnessed this.
3: Well, this week's match from the past—it's not really a match; it's more of an entrance. The past is now the present, and that, of course, is CM Punk. Let's play this sound. My goosebumps won't go down, boys. <laughs> this is wild,
5: man. Wow.
1: Chicago's own CM Punk. Oh, the hometown.
3: From CM Punk, the newest addition to all elite wrestling in just one minute and 30 seconds. You've waited this long to hear from CM Punk. You only have to wait 90 seconds more.
5: CM Punk is in AEW. All
3: right, there it was, everyone. CM Punk. What a magical night that was in Chicago. As I was saying, watching everyone get all emotional, it does it may, gives you the uh, the, the goosebumps, goose pimples, whatever you want to call them.
4: It was so good. It
3: Makes you, yeah, just that's what wrestling is, and that's that's why when you you know this whole the, the thing that WWE is not understanding, it might just be too big and Titanic for it now. But the goal is to get a niche market and nail it, and that's all you need for the rest of your life. That's all we've done with last podcast on the left. You're never going to be universal. Some people aren't going to like you. Some people that listen don't even like us. But it doesn't matter because you just find something that works and um, you stay true to it. And you do your best to expand as much as possible, but you can't lose your soul in the process. And I think that uh, that's exactly what happened with WWE and CM Punk. He was the heart of that movement in WWE, and now that heart is in AEW, so.
4: Yeah, he's he represents more than just wrestling to a lot of people, and he Mm -hmm. represents the little guy uh, that can do it. The little guy, the little guy, the straight edge nerd that like didn't you know that everyone said they couldn't do it, uh, but then went and did it, and then crushed and cuts promos like and reinvented cutting promos in a business. Like he was so influential on so many levels. To yes, a small percentage of people, he's not the Rock, uh, right? But. You can't look at that pop and tell me that that's not a rock pop. That absolutely is, it is. It was un like it was so emotional, and to have that many people post like after the year and a half everyone's had like it was just so much more than a wrestling oh, man, moment. Yeah. It was so it was so heavy and like and like inspirational. And this guy comes out, and you're just like, holy shit, he's back! No one thought it would ever happen. We thought he was done, and then he comes out and cuts like a promo that like. You're just like, this is, this is it. Like this This is is awesome. Yeah.
3: That is why when you hear that this is awesome chance at AEW, they sound legitimate because they don't
4: um, sound canned and piped in. (laughs) No,
3: they don't. Um, All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. I know we've been off for about 60 days or so. We're still going to do this monthly and maybe even we'll kick it up. We're as everyone knows who's been following last podcast. We're going to be going wide in February. So um, who knows what the future holds, but it's always yeah. uh, fun to be with you and we'll uh, we'll be with you uh, whenever, whenever we can.
4: This and was Katie, delightful.
3: It was so much fun. You look wonderful, Katie. I'm so happy you're healthy and Carson's doing good and your boo James is doing good.
4: Yeah. And we should do more weekends. You came over for SummerSlam.
3: Yes. I can't wait. And when you go to Katie's house to watch wrestling, they have the real authentic chairs that they stole from the venue. Yeah, we
4: do. Yeah, we do. We have like four of them.
3: Any any Stupid. Halloween costumes for Carson? Do you have any ideas yes! yet?
4: We have 3. Okay.
3: okay. Let's <laughs> we're gonna do, let's pick them.
4: We're we're going to do Spider-Verse. Oh,
3: he has three different costumes. He has three costumes. Okay, all yeah. in one day. He has three costume well, changes.
4: Well, we I mean, we're like doing it now. Like we're dressing okay. him up just to dress him up. We have we have um we have an Ewok cuz he just started to walk, so he's like an Ewok. Oh. And then we're we're going to as a family, we're doing Spider-Verse.
5: <gasps> That's and great.
4: I forgot what the other one what is. What Spider Man is he going to be? Oh, he's going to be Drunk Spider Man. Oh, my like God. Like Peter Parker.
3: That's so funny. I was also thinking he could be Spider Ham.
4: We want, I think the dog's going to be Spider Ham.
3: Yes. Yeah, is going to
4: be Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm going to be <laughs> Spider Gwen. And James is going to be, James is going to be a noir Spider Man. It's going to be great.
3: Sweet. Of course, he chooses like the sexy one. He's like, I still want to look good on Halloween.
4: Yeah yeah and then he and then he's (laughs) got an astronaut onesie that we'll just put him in that we do i mean it's a costume but like he's gonna wear it anyway like every day
3: oh my god that is so freaking cute awesome well happy halloween thanks
4: Um, do you want to come over for halloween come over for halloween are you
3: having people over
4: we're gonna like give out candy because we have a gazillion kids that come through our neighborhood
3: all right we'll talk after the show um all right everyone thank you so much for listening hope you're doing (laughs) well out there hail yourselves we'll talk to you soon This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be President of Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McKrispie Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.